There's pyramids in Mexico and like Central America. There's pyramids in Africa. There's pyramids in the Philippines. There's pyramids in like all different parts of the world. And like either everyone was on the same shit or like people were traveling and interacting and they're like, hey, like this is a good idea. Now I'm going to go do this at back at my home. So it just shows like the, the misconception. But like people were traveling and sailing the seas before, you know, Europeans were doing yeah. it, you know? Before this, man. Hell yeah. 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 I, I think I talk about a little bit of this in uh, Sense of Being, bro. Y'all tap into that for sure. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the My Mike and I podcast. I am Noah Alvarez. I hope you guys are enjoying the little snippets that I'm cutting out and throwing that in the front end of the podcast. It's a little idea that I got as I was rebranding and took a little break from recording. I want to try something a little new, so if you like it, let me know. You can follow us on Instagram at my period Mike and period I. Great way to connect with the podcast and other listeners. I like to put up polls. I like to share audio and visual snippets. I like to do some visuals with the uh, you know the last guest that I had on. All that kind of good stuff. Be sure to follow that page and support at my period Mike and period I. You can also follow me on my personal Twitter account at underscore Noah Alvarez. I just like to post, you know, the, the podcast, obviously, but also some sports takes. I got some music takes, all kind of good stuff like that. So be sure to check it out at underscore Noah Alvarez. And I also want to shout out True 100 Radio and Jamal Bostic for having us on their platform. You can check out their website at TRU, the number one, 100radio.com for all your local podcast needs. Local podcasts like The Morning Routine, which is Jamal's very own. There's also You're Doing Find Miha by Jewel Santana. She does a lot of visuals for me, so wonderful, talented woman right there. Also Stupid Geniuses by YBG. There's also plenty of other podcasts to check out on that platform. That's T-R-U, the number one, 100radio.com. And I hope you guys are having a wonderful week thus far. We're in the tail end of April and May is right around the corner. What is it? April showers bring May flowers. I feel like that's not true, though, in Southern California because we rarely get rain as it is. And I, I, I think it sprinkled a little bit last night, the day I'm recording. I'm recording Monday, April 26th. But um, let's go ahead and get into this week's guest. Episode 150. Can I get a drum roll, please? The guest for this week's show, episode 150 of the My Mike and I podcast, is none other than Juno Glock. Juno Glock is the first artist I've had on the from the city of Atlanta, so pretty excited to have him on. We talk about growing up in Atlanta, his previous work, as well as some of the new things that he goes on. We kind of go a little bit by bit on his entire discography and his inspirations in music and much, much more. So you can check out Juno Glock's music any platform apple music spotify google play soundcloud all that kind of good stuff funny story is and i want to shout out to randy real quick because i know he's listening you know randy put me on to this man named nico who represents juno glock and basically you know through this little connection right there i was able to come across juno glock's music became a big fan thought i'd reach out and you know it just worked out that way but shout out to randy shout out to nico for helping make this possible so without further ado Hope you guys enjoy the conversation between Juno Glock and myself. Well, thank you again, Ju, for being on the show. Really appreciate it. I never had anyone on from Atlanta. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's an honor. So what was uh, your earliest introduction to music just as a, as a child? Like, what are some of the stuff you were listening to? Uh, I can say my first, the first CD I purchased was a Chris Brown CD. But before that, I had uh, went into my mom's stash of CDs. And I found a uh, Motown 25 CD. The first song on it was Marvin Gaye. So my first introduction to music was Marvin Gaye. And it just blew my mind how how good somebody can play an instrument and sing. Yeah. So I was like, hey, every song that I make, it got to give me that same feeling. So that was my very first introduction. All right. When did you realize, like, what age were you that you wanted to do music, like, as a career? Um... It was probably like, I was probably like 10 or 11. And Lil Wayne was my biggest inspiration. Just, he was so cool. I'm like, how could I be that cool? I'm going to do music. Too. So yeah, that's for sure. All right, cool. What was, what really stood out, I guess? And why did you love Lil Wayne so much back in the day? Uh, probably just because he was him, like to the fullest extent, like the tattoos, the uh, 
the way he did, the way he put music together, the way he put his rhyme scheme together, he said he pretty much said anything he wanted to it sound cool. Like, yeah, I got to follow those footsteps, whatever it takes. I'm trying to do it. Yeah. And I think yeah, it's yeah. crazy. I think it's crazy. Like the industry now kind of really, really reflects that. Like, like Lil Wayne really inspired a lot of the people who are rapping right now, whether it's the name, there's a lot of littles in the industry. And there's yeah. a lot of people with face tattoos, you know, colored dreads. Like this is stuff that all Lil Wayne was doing back in the day, but it, he was like one of the pioneers to do it, you know? Right. Yeah. He, he's the biggest influence in music to me, to be honest. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. He was running, he was running the globe for a minute, a little hot minute. Yeah. He was with the rapper for real. Yeah. And what I think yeah. is crazy too, he, he came up in that like mixtape era still, but like imagine if he came up in this like digital platform area where it's like so much easier to find music, like yeah, he, he would have blown up quicker, you know? Yeah, definitely, bro. Yeah. Right on. So what was some of the earliest recordings that you, what were some of the earliest songs that you recorded? What did they sound like? Uh, okay. So like in New York, cause I, um, I got family in New York. So mm -hmm. basically I spent a lot of summers up there with my cousin and my family in general. So we would, uh, we got music around the same time. So, uh, we would take an MP3 player and it had the record option back in the day. And we would just play the beat in the background and we would just record on an MP3 player, bro. <laughs> it was so fun looking back at it, but it probably wasn't a good idea. But anyway, we used to show people uh, in school and they would say, it's so cool, like how y'all did this, whatever. So I still have those tracks. And then I still have the first recorded tracks. I used to use a Guitar Hero mic and plug oh, okay. it up and use Mixcraft 5. I still have those songs. So, yeah, it dates back that far for sure. <laughs> Hell nice. yeah. All right, cool. What, what did you learn from when you would visit out your family in New York? Because I think traveling is important and I like you get to expose different lifestyles, right? And I think Atlanta is very different than New York, but like what were some of the experiences you got there? Uh, they used to make fun of my clothes. <laughs> you know, Atlanta... Had the baggy clothes and the and the hats. We kept the straight brim on them. Yeah. But when I was there, they taught me about style and stuff like that. So I got right. And then they danced cooler than us. Mm. We had some cool dances back in the day, but they had the coolest dances. So just pretty much the whole um, the whole lifestyle they had up there. I just adapted to it, and then I ran with it since real. So hell yeah. All right. Now, speaking of Atlanta, I feel like here on the West Coast, there's always people who talk about like who's like who's in the conversation for best West Coast rappers. Right. We always do that. So who's, yeah. in, who's in that conversation when you talk about with your friends, like best Atlanta rappers? Best Atlanta rappers. That's that's um, that's difficult, bro. <laughs> uh, damn. I never really thought about that for real. I never really thought about that. But um, I can say Gucci is hard. Gucci's mm -hmm. hard from Jeezy's hard from Atlanta. Uh, Future, of course. Mm -hmm. As far as lyrics, I don't know. I can't say, but as far as music, I can say Future for me. Young Thug, too. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Let me see. Atlanta rappers? Nah, not too many, bro. Okay. Not too many. Yeah, for sure. All right, right on. Now, you mentioned earlier recording on the MP3 player. What was kind of like the process as far as to get to where you were now, as far as like upgrading equipment and, and how you just go about your work process? Um, so like me, me using that MP3 player back in the day really molded my formula for what I do now. So like now, um, before I go to the studio, I got to have the song written out. I got to have the hook. I got to have my feature who's going to be in it. And we all, we all went over whatever we're going to do before we go to the studio. So we're not just in there bullshitting for real. Mm -hmm. But any free time I have, I do have the creative juices flowing while I'm in there. So it's not always just this, that, that, and the third. So I kind of incorporate like uh, being free in the studio, but also having a plan before I go in there. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for real. Okay. So, now... Now, last year, 2020, I like to ask this question because, you know, it was kind of a weird year. Like, no one's ever experienced something like that. How did the pandemic and, like, the quarantine early stages, how did that affect your work process and you wanting to make music? Um, It didn't really affect 
making music, but performances, I was just getting comfortable with performing live. So I had one of my best shows, like pre-COVID, it like happened like one month before COVID. It was very nice. It was very intimate and I interacted with the crowd very well. So I was just getting comfortable with that because that's a big thing for me. And uh, that's the only thing that COVID interrupted, the performance of it. So, yeah. Okay. Do you remember your first performance? Mm, I don't. Nah. I don't. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any, like, I guess, like, pre-performance rituals? Like, are you a superstitious person? Uh, I'm, I'm superstitious, but I don't really apply to the performance before the performance. I can say is... Uh, I kind of like take deep breaths before I perform because I get overstimulated. You feel me? Yeah. So sometimes I just have to throw myself into the performance and then make it awkward, say something awkward as fuck, <laughs> and then get the crowd laughing. And then that'll give me more confidence. Like, okay, cool. I can do this. So yeah, it's kind of weird, but it works for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. Everyone got their own little like, you know, process. Hell yeah. Do you have any dream destinations that you'd want to perform in? Um... I just want to like sell out arenas, bro. Mm -hmm. Just hear saying my lyrics that I wrote at the crib. It'll be cool. That's okay. what. Mm -hmm. All right. Sounds good. So going back to your music, uh, I believe last year you had that EP come out, Take Two, right? What was some of the inspiration behind that EP? Bro, my inspiration behind that is just, just, just knowledge that I had inside the whole time. Cause like I was off shrooms when I, when me and my friends did started working on this shit and then yeah. it was so cool bro and uh i can say bro those are those those two songs are my favorite for real yeah this year okay. hell yeah do you usually do any form of like psychedelics or substances when you like start writing writing the the music process uh usually smoke smoking has been a part of my since a young age for real but i just really tapped into psychedelics mm i say about four years ago, for real. Mm. But it's not always I got to do a thing to write. I come music sober. Some yeah. of my best comes from being sober, for real. Now, you mentioned that was some of your favorite music. What really stood out from those two songs compared to everything else that you've done? Um, I really had tapped into it's okay to be myself, for real. It's like it's okay to um, not sound like people. Cause I always wonder, like, okay, um, what what am I trying to like say during a song, or what am I trying to be? And I was like, you know what, it's okay to be myself during these songs, during this process, making music for real. So I'm like, okay, let me tap into that more. And then that's what I came up with, me and the homie. So yeah, it was a good time. It was a good time. So there you go. I think that's tough too. I think when you listen to a lot of artists, especially like newer or younger artists. Mm -hmm. They they try to sound like somebody else, and then it doesn't, you know, and doesn't necessarily work because you're trying to sound someone that's not you, you know. But yeah. It's a it's a um. There's a lot of copycat, I guess you could say, in in hip hop and just music in general. Like it doesn't have to be just hip hop, but you know, yeah. like, there's always people trying to copy one another, copy each other's sounds, and you could tell like when it's just recycled, you know. Yeah, for sure. All right, and then following up that EP, you had Vice Theory, right? And I believe you dropped that on your birthday, correct? Definitely, yeah. Why was it important for you to drop it on your birthday like that? Because uh, every one of my EPs or albums, I drop on my birthday. So I had previous albums. I wasn't really that popping before as I am now. I'm still on my way up. Yeah. Uh, dropped the uh, Everything is Everything project in 2016. It's still on SoundCloud. And then while I was in college in 2014, I dropped a tape called Treasy on my birthday so it was just like a ritual of me just doing that shit mm -hmm. and now that i'm on a bigger platform people could really like tap into that and then go back to the past and see what i did then so yeah okay sure. so when it comes to the names of those projects like take two some what'd you say everybody something everything is everything everything then, is yeah, yeah or, and even vice theory how do you come up with the names for these projects i just um I just take heed to what's going on in my life in the moment and what I'm dealing with as far as uh, spiritual, physical, mental. And then I come, I sit on it for a little bit because I like to be creative with my whole process. And then it just comes to me like that. 
Like I've been sitting on the Vice Theory, the name of it, for like four years mm-hmm. before I came up with the project for sure. Okay. So is the Vice Theory, I'm assuming, like like the Vice scripts, you mean like you feeling like you're getting press or something? Uh is is that could be looked at that too, but um it's more of like your vices and what you go through in life mm-hmm. and shit, and what you use as tools that maybe looked looked on as bad, but they help you. It's they they it is um it makes you who you are as a person, basically. Mm, okay. Yeah, but also holds you back. So that's how I looked at it, for sure. All right. I like that. Deep. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So what have been some of the bigger challenges as far as being an artist in this industry and trying to come up the way you're trying to come up? Uh, trying to come up organic. I'm trying to do everything organic mm. and nothing, nothing with falsehood to it. So uh, it's kind of hard doing it, but... I figured like I would take uh, Nipsey Hussle's advice, mm. like you know, what I'm saying it's a marathon, it's not a it's not a quick race. So I'm just taking my time with it, and um, yeah, that's really it. Just taking my time with it. And that's cool that you mentioned Nipsey because I feel like that's that's a West Coast rapper right there. And I don't like I don't live in Atlanta. I've never lived anywhere else. So like I don't I don't know if you know, we always talk about Nipsey here and what he did for yeah. the community and like his music, but I never knew if he was like really popping like that elsewhere. So that's kind of good that's here you mentioned. I got I got Nipsey up in the background, one of my homegirls. Hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, Joe, bro. He's a big inspiration, bro. Of course, some other inspirations, uh whether it's from the music game or even outside of the music industry, like who are some other inspirations you draw from? Um, definitely, um, definitely people like Marvin Gaye and, uh, Sam Cooke, of course, Lil Wayne yeah. molded it. And I'll say even present now, uh, the whole TDE camp mm. show, um, who's the other people, uh, J. Cole, Dreamville, them, yeah. uh, Outcast for show, Outcast, Erica Badu is inspiration for me though, for sure. Okay. Now you mentioned TDE and Dreamville. Oh, I'm going to go start with Dreamville first. When they had the, the Revenge of the Dreamers albums, what was that? like? I feel like that was very like a, a unique thing for them to do as far as like bring people that were in their camp from Dreamville, but also outside their camp and bring them in too. Do you see like other labels doing that going forward? Um, I can see them doing it, but to be honest, bro, I'm going to come clean. Before they even did that, I had an idea like that. Cause like the more people involved in the process of making, the more people are gonna share it. Let's say you have your friend who don't even do music, and you get him to come to the studio and lay a vocal down. He's gonna tell everybody he knows, "Yo, listen to this," cause I just laid a vocal down, and he don't even. But any, <laughs> not to include myself in that, that shit was pretty dope what they did. But um, yeah, I see, I see labels in the future doing that more often, just because of the idea I said for real. Mm-hmm. And you, also, and you also mentioned TDE. Do you got a favorite artist from TDE that you like watching right now? Schoolboy Q always been my favorite artist. Yeah? So, yeah. Okay. Hell yeah. What about, what about Schoolboy stands out from you? Um, Just his honesty in his music and this, his whole process of how he got there. Like, he wasn't even really trying to rap at first. And then yeah. <laughs> he just embraced his lifestyle and then just rapped about it. He's probably truth. It's the truth that really mm-hmm. captured for real hell yeah yeah i think that's crazy when he does interviews and he always talks about that how he was just yeah. like kind of like the hype man and then I, I, there were like you know he's called schoolboy because he was pretty smart and he was trying to play i think football at community college he's kind of a yeah. stocky dude like i just think that's crazy but he's so talented and he, he's a really good performer i've seen him perform a few times out here yeah Re- really good energy and, and you know especially for like i, I want to say he's fat but he's kind of big you know yeah but, yeah yeah He's always bouncing around. Like, I love ma- watching that man perform. Hell yeah. He was my uh, first concert. Okay. Right there. Hey, did he come to Atlanta? He came to Atlanta. Shout out to MacWalk for holding it down. Okay. Now, as far as other TD artists, is there anyone who, maybe like some of the younger artists that really stand out to you? Of course, Zay. Yeah. Yeah, he's so uh, crafty. Yeah. Did you hear his verse with uh, Extinct with Reason? Yeah, 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 yeah. That shit was hard. Yeah, that shit was. I love that line where he was like, before you fuck me, go grab your Gary Payton's. <laughs> and, and like, 
that's like if you're an NBA head, you get that reference because it used to be called the glove back in the 90s. Yeah. But if you didn't follow NBA like that, like that just blows over people's head. But I, I love lyrics like that. You know what I mean? Like where they're just like super into whether it's like basketball, football or something else like video games. Like they'll just drop a reference and they're just like, oh, shit. Crafty. Yeah. yeah crafty. For sure. Right on. So going back to this year in your music, 2021, you dropped a project, a little EP called Evenly Odd. What was the inspiration behind that one? That was more uh, tapping more into myself and letting people know I'm here for the people who is our, who are into that. For And if you listen to it and you caught a, a glimpse of what I was saying in it, then it's for you. And even if it's not for you, the beat sounds cool as hell. Shout out to Jew for making that beat. Okay. Hell yeah. And then the song Sense of Being in Home Improvement, I saw you did like a little IGTV, a little music video. What was the inspiration of having it at that specific location in that outfit and everything that kind of went behind the visuals right there? Uh, I had spent all day watching, like one day I spent watching Kill Bill, Kill Bill 2, mm-hmm. and I started, turned on a mute, uh, movie. And I showed the uh, director, he's like, we, not, we might not have the budget for that, but I have a cool ass location. I'm like, okay, cool. So I just came up with the uh, creative direction for it. And he was, and he had the location. So it all worked out. Yeah. Kill Bill, some tight ass movies too, man. Like I haven't seen the second one, but the first one's pretty wild. They both dope, bro. Any, any Quentin movie, Tarantino movie, the visuals are always dope. Yeah. What do you think your favorite Tarantino movie is? It probably got to be the Django for real. Yeah. Hell yeah. I thought um what's his name? I, I think I think um Jamie Foxx won an award for that one, right? But I thought DiCaprio should have too, man. He 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 balled out on yeah. that fucking Yeah, they'd be robbed DiCaprio. <laughs> Hell and, yeah. And they finally gave him on that one movie where he he didn't even like have any speaking lines. He just got attacked by a bear and shit. <laughs> I was just like, man, that wasn't even his best movie. <laughs> That's fucking <laughs> <laughs> Now, I saw recently that you traveled to Los Angeles. You did a little performance out there. But was that your first time in L.A.? And I guess what were some of your takeaways from traveling over here? Um, no, nah, that was like my fourth time over there, for real. Okay. But every time I'm out there, bro, I get mad love. It makes me want to move out there, for real. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'll, I'll thrive out there, definitely. Mm-hmm. How would you describe mm-hmm. Atlanta to an outsider, person who has no idea Atlanta or where it's at? Like, how would you describe Atlanta? Uh, very, uh, sub- Southern hospitality at its finest for sure. But don't let that, uh, distract you from what's going on behind the scenes of Atlanta for real. <laughs> a, lot of, uh, a lot of love out here. A lot of good food out here. Uh, um, great scenery, a lot of green. It's Southern. I'm a Southern, Southern dude. So I love the greenery and, um, yeah, I love it, bro. Southern hospitality. That's how, that's one word I can say for sure. You mentioned food. Is there like a favorite Southern dish that you got? Uh, I, I low-key switch to like, I eat like a vegan. I'm not a vegan, but I eat one, so I don't really eat like that. But definitely JJ's Chicken. They got the best chicken in Atlanta right now. Mm-hmm. American Deli. Um, it's, a, it's a bunch of, it's a spot that I just got put on to. It's called Green Love Kitchen. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. They sell like vegan food. For sure. So I feel like I'm kind of in a similar boat where I don't want to ever commit to being vegan because I feel like that's too much commitment for me. But yeah. like two, two, three days of the week, I'm trying to eat like not eat meat and like try, just trying to eat cleaner. But is there any specific yeah. reason why you're trying to eat vegan or, or more like that? Um, I just tapped into uh, some knowledge that that told me that uh, eating meat wasn't really for the human body for real. So I kind of like, well, that makes kind of a lot of sense with all the um, like diabetes and blood pressure going on. And they say it's hereditary. And I'm like, how could that be? We all get the chance to eat healthy. So I'm like, okay, it's what we're eating. Yeah. So let me stop. And I feel a whole lot better. The thing is being consistent with eating good food. You know what I'm saying? Like greens and stuff like that. So yeah. yeah. I think Hell even... Yeah. I think even like milk is a, a big misconception too. I used to drink dairy milk like all the time. And then around high school, my stomach just started acting funny to it. But like, you know, now there's like more and more studies coming out, like how like we shouldn't be drinking dairy milk from like, you know, like cows, like for that long, you know? <laughs> but yeah, it made, it made a lot of sense to me. Like, I'm like, 
I started thinking like, damn, everybody's lactose intolerant. Every every time I turn around, somebody's like, I think I'm lactose. I think I'm, lactose. I'm like, bro, everybody's lactose intolerant. We're not supposed to drink cow milk, bro. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we're one of the only mammals too that drinks milk like past like infancy. Like most animals, you know, like they only do it when they're babies, and then like once they grow out of it, they're out. Like, but we still drink milk like as adults sometimes. Hell yeah, bro. Drink hella water. That's the that's the key to our problems. Yep. Yeah. There you go. If I if I do milk now, it's usually almond milk. But um, they start making like hemp milk and everything. Like I feel I feel like there's a new milk every time I go to the grocery store. And you know what? I'm down to try different stuff. But I think hemp milk is pretty good, and then almond milk is probably my favorite. Try oat milk too. Oat oh, yeah, milk heard, is good. That's that's next on the agenda because everyone keeps talking about that one. Hell yeah. Have you ever had like um, yeah, you yourself like ever made any like vegan recipes at home or anything like that? Oh, uh, I dabble in them. Like, I just look them up real quick on my phone, see what ingredients I had in the crib, and just whip it up. I don't really... I actually did go to school for culinary arts. That's a fun fact. But okay. I was just being creative back in the day. So I feel like I could still cook, though. Yeah. How come... Yeah. Like, when did you decide that you wanted to go try culinary? And then why didn't you think... Why do you think it didn't work out? It's funny. As soon as I left high school, bro... I know what I wanted to do. Everybody was going to college. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to college. So I'm sitting here on a, on a computer and I'm scrolling through uh, majors and I saw culinary arts. Hmm, that could be fun. Clicked it, applied, got accepted and went to study that shit. So I was really never passionate for it. So that's why I stopped doing it. I'm like, I don't even like doing this shit. Mm. So, hell yeah. How many semesters or years were you there for? I was there for a year and a, and a semester. And then I was like, fuck it. I just started chilling on campus and using the refund to record music. Nice. <laughs> did you, uh, <laughs> was, it a, was it a campus nearby Atlanta or did you like go out of town for that? No, nah, I went to New York to school up there and my cousin was going to St. John's at the time. So we both wanted to be close or whatever. So yeah. I was up there with it. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Nice. Now I gotta ask because my depiction of Atlanta. I used I like to watch that show called Atlanta by Donald Glover. Have you ever seen that show? Hell yeah. Yeah. What? I guess. Do you feel like the depictions that he has in that show? Do you think it feel like it's accurate to what the city of Atlanta is like? Um, it's kind of accurate from his perspective. Yeah. If you're that type of dude, if you're a Donald Glover type of dude. Definitely Atlanta. It is what you make it for real. Yeah. It's all about for real. So hell yeah. Yeah. Kind of like a good kid mad city thing. Not into that. Right, right. Gang. Exactly. There's a lane for you. And when I was coming up, I always felt like an outcast and I didn't know why. And then when I got older, my brother um Yatir introduced me to a, a lane called The Scene. And I'm like, wow, all these kids are just like me, bro. And yeah, that was my lane. I found it. That's tight. Yeah. And I feel like people find that like sometimes really late in life, but um, it's important to keep, you talk about like trying culinary arts. It's important to, I think, try different things because you never know what you might stumble up upon. You know, I went, oh, to, yeah. school, I, I went to school to try and play football and I ended up making a team, but you know, I found the radio station and then like through the radio station, now I'm doing this podcasting, interviewing people. I like to write like, you know, reports on different things too. So I just feel like I, yeah. I found a different lane accidentally, but like once you find people that are like you, it, it just makes it so much easier, you know? Yeah. Hell yeah. Makes it a whole lot easier. So going back to your music, do you have any other plans to drop something this year in 2021? Uh, I got a single coming out, uh, Around June-ish, that's all I got so far as far as that. And then, then real early stages of a new project, but that won't probably make it to the light of day until probably like 2021, late 2021 or 2022. Okay. Hell yeah. Right. Now, also speaking on performances, we were talking about it earlier. Do you have a lot more performances lined up this year as the world kind of opens back up venues and stuff? Um. Yeah, I'm... I'm, I'm in contact with my manager, she's trying to get me a few more shows. I like my shows intimate as possible, so it'd be the small venues, 
So I'm still looking to uh, performing this year. If, is there so, is there like a a spot in Atlanta or a few spots, I guess you could say, like that are very intimate like that? Yeah, it's a couple spots. They closed down the uh, the sound room. That was the spot to like really perform and get your get your stuff off. It used to be the department store. They closed that down too. So a lot of places are closed down, but pretty much any on Edgewood Avenue, that's where the scene is for sure. Okay. Now, do you got any other cities that you really want to perform in somewhere nearby in the South or maybe somewhere even far out? Uh, New York. I want to go to Canada to perform and I want to go. Of course, all the way overseas, I want to go. But California, I'm trying to make my name my name branded out there for sure. So that's spot I'm doing a lot of shows in for sure. Right on. Yeah, it's a good spot. I feel like there's a lot of good places and good venues in California, especially you can have like Southern California and L.A., San Diego area. But then, too, there's like Northern California. And if you develop a fan base out there in like Oakland, San Francisco, like that's a, a popping area, too. Hell yeah. Yeah. Now, speaking of, you mentioned outside the um, the country, is there any places like you want to travel to, like dream destinations? Dream destinations. I want to go to Egypt. Uh, I've been to Jamaica one time, but it was on a cruise, so I don't really count it. I was only out there for like maybe three hours or so. But Jamaica, definitely um, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico. Mm, I want to travel everywhere, bro. Yeah. I'm, tra- I'm trying. Well, to- oh, hell yeah. See all the countries. That's, that's hell tight. yeah. Hell yeah. Even yeah. the. Even- World ones. Like, <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Yeah, and I, I think you mentioned Egypt too. I think it's cool. Like the um I always wanted to see the pyramids like up in person because that they always talk about that like in, in the in the TV shows or in documentaries that we learn about in school. But like, I think that's like like one of the coolest like things that like humans have built in the world, you know, and just to see that in person, that'd be tight. And those aren't the only three pyramids in the world, bro. I know. There's, There's pyramids. More- yeah, I was talking. <laughs> Go ahead. No, nah, no, nah, go ahead. I was just like, damn. Yeah, I was going to say, like, um, I was talking about with my um, my friend the other night. Like, I, I listened to a lot of, like, um, podcasts, and somebody was talking about, like, it was a scientist, how, like, uh, people think that Western Europeans were, like, the first people to kind of, like, sail the seas and kind of explore and blah, 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 do all their stuff and spread the Christianity bullshit, whatever. But yeah. they're, they're saying there's not a lot of, like, hard evidence, but there was probably – you know, people who were sailing because there's pyramids in Mexico and like Central America, there's pyramids in Africa, there's pyramids in the Philippines, there's pyramids in like all different parts of the world. And like either everyone was on the same shit or like people were traveling and interacting and they're like, hey, like this is a good idea. Now I'm going to go do this at back at my home. So it just shows like the, the misconception, but like people were traveling and sailing the seas before, you know, Europeans were doing yeah. it, you know? Before this, man. Hell yeah. 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 So I think I think that's a cool thing to learn and like it's it's underrated, but you don't really learn that in like public school. You have to go outside for that. <laughs> what I'm saying, bro. <laughs> Hell yeah. I, I think I talk about a little bit of this in uh sense of me, bro. Y'all tap into that for sure. Okay. How do you come up with some of the the content in your lyrics? Because I noticed that it, you know, I've listened to a lot of your music and I noticed it stands out. It's different. It's not something that you typically hear on the radio or just in a lot of what's trending right now. But how do you come yeah. up with your content? Uh, I, I uh, just everyday life and then perspective. I, li- I get a lot of my uh, perspective from other people involved. Like if I see somebody on a, I used to ride the train a lot. If I see somebody on a train talking to themselves, I would get closer. I would try to understand them. Or if I have a friend going through something very traumatizing, I would get the okay first, but I was um, trying to see what my state is at or and then even more so tapping into myself when I have a problem or if I'm going through something or if I'm feeling the way I try to capture that through a lyric or listen to it for a long time and see what I come up with so it's a lot of just self-reflection and then other people's perspective for sure right on is there any hardships that you face in your life that kind of you really want to like pour out into music and, and you found like it, it really hit a different kind of spot um I say my whole life is a hardship, bro. Yeah. Even though it's so beautiful, life in general, everybody's life is a hardship. Mm-hmm. Or they've been, through, you know what I'm saying? Even if it's not an everyday thing for them to, because um, a lot of people hold that stuff in, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's true. I, I can speak personally and say that um, I've always been different, bro. I've always been in trouble. 
Uh, I never understood why. And I just figured it out. Like, it's my own choices, bro. Yeah. For real. So, yeah. Just kind of uh, battling with my own choices, good and bad. The, the whole cliche thing. So, yeah. I feel that. I feel like for me, the the sometimes I don't even get to the choices because, like, I, I miss a lot of moments because I overthink a lot. Like, I, I just, I'm one of those people who, like I'm, what is it called? Like oh, paralysis by overanalysis kind of deal. You know, you just <laughs> something like something that should be like a quick yes or no decision. I'm just like, but if I do this now, that's going <laughs> to yeah. happen. But if I do that, maybe this will happen, you know, and I'm just like too many scenarios going on in my head. Hell yeah, bro. I'm the same way. And this is the thing about the bad stuff. I always play out the whole consequence even before i do it i know it's gonna happen and i still do it end up oh, fucked yeah. up so that's that's where my heart has come from being hard-headed to my own intuition yeah Hell yeah but i think sometimes too you you learn best like that you know like you just got to make sometimes mistakes on your own and then you know kind of use that l as a lesson and and just kind of like big sean says you just got to bounce back you know hell yeah for sure so at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, what, what do you want your legacy to be? Whether it's in your lane of music, but also just as a person in life. As a person in life and in general, I want to spread positivity and the best way I know how and share my light. I feel like I got a gift and I, it was given to me to share. I kind of struggled with that in the beginning because I tried to follow like trends and stuff like that. But the more I tapped into being myself and uh, spreading my light, it all kind of made sense, made sense. So just positivity for sure. Mm -hmm. Are there any other things you do outside of music, like hobbies, whether it's, you know, kind of like put you in that social setting to kind of spread your light? Um, I play basketball a lot at like different parks. When I go out of town and stuff like that, I go to different parks and play basketball. I tell them I do music and whatever, and they tap in for sure. Uh, I roller skate a lot. Coming from Atlanta, I go to Cascade a lot. Um the game a lot i'll be on xbox so if you tapped in 2k hit me up for sure and um i started out doing poetry i don't do poetry no more but that's how i really got into the music for sure. and uh i paint i do a lot bro i do a lot that's good man i felt like i didn't really start getting into a lot of stuff like that um like creative outlets until the pandemic hit and uh you know it's better late than never i guess you could say but i feel a lot better when oh, yeah. it when you spend a day painting or writing some stuff and you don't even got to share it with people, but I just feel like just having that creative outlet is, is good for um, your mental, you know? Hell yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then I, I hope people during quarantine really tapped into that. Cause it, it was a lot of time to really like reflect on what you're doing with your life. For sure. And I'm sure you kind of have a similar feeling maybe in the big city, but like here in like this area of Los Angeles and Southern California, it's just so fast, fast, fast. Like everyone's, hustling, busting, like people are chilling, laid back, you know what I'm saying? But like people want to do everything and everything that they can. And I feel like, you know, before the quarantine, I would get burnt out like really easily, you know, because I would just say yes to everybody. I'm trying like three different projects, trying to help different people, working a bunch of jobs. But I feel like now I'm just like, whoa, like I can't be doing all that. You got to take some time for yourself take just to relax. That's the biggest lesson, bro. Take time for yourself. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. What were some other lessons that you learned last last year in the pandemic and, and just how and seeing the country, I guess, go, go through what it went through, you know, not even the country, just the world. Uh, really a big lesson for me was uh, falling in love with taking my time with stuff. Cause like you said, before the pandemic, it was always rushing to do things and just get money and pills and stuff like that. So I feel like it gave people time to really incorporate their passion into their lives. So that was a big lesson for me. Also, um, not to be lazy, because without without like a daily routine with like a job and stuff like that, you also got to give yourself a routine to not be lazy or be like stagnant in whatever you're doing. So, yeah, that's a right big on. lesson. Now, going back to some of your music, did you always go under the name uh, Juno Glock or was that something that you kind of came up with recently? I came up with that in like 2019 after my name being it was rock glock because in new york they gave me the nickname uh j-rock mm. but it's all rapper j-rock so i didn't yeah. want to you know biting him or whatever uh in high school i went as a jew and then the funny story is my name was not supposed to be jew no glock it was just supposed to be jew 
but I put the no Glock on the end because it used to be rock Glock. So it was Jew, no end. But it kind of rung a bell, and I'm like, all right, I'll stick with that. Jew, no Glock, for sure. Right on. Is is Jew come from, like, your own personal name? No, nah, it doesn't. Okay. Uh, but in high school, I was short. I was, like, weirdly short, shorter than everybody in my friend. I'm going to call you Juju B. And all right, it stuck. So everybody called me Jew. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Now, what are some other goals you have outside of music for the year 2021, personally? Um, Probably to grow as a person more. Um, learn a lot more. Because at, at a certain age, you stop learning. And that's the weirdest thing to me, bro. Just tapping the knowledge that you haven't tapped into or tap into creativity that you haven't tapped into yet. So just growing as a person and staying happy, not too happy, not too sad, but kind of like in that middle ground of not letting anything affect you, but kind of just prospering and just growing, enjoying this experience because it's hell of an experience mm-hmm. to be alive. Hell yeah. Yeah. I think that's cool too. Once you become an adult, you kind of pick what you get to learn, right? And, and in schools, I never really... I liked history and I started to like English later on, but I didn't really fuck with like a whole lot of the school subjects, especially like math and sciences. I wasn't a big fan of, but you know, the cool thing is like when you're older, you know what I mean? Like if you want to go down one of those conspiracy, like rabbit holes on YouTube, go for it. You know, you can learn about (laughs) the Egyptians or I don't know. You could just learn about cooler shit that you get to pick out. And I I work in, in school districts and, you know, in that community that I'm a part of right now. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's the biggest thing I tell kids is like, if you're not going to, if you like the kids who hate school, like I can't make you love school, but in your own time, like go find something that you do like to learn about. Cause you should never like right. want to not learn. Right. Uh, school for me was a big blur. I didn't know nothing it was talking about. I didn't care. I'm like, this is never going to be applied to my life except like the basic adding. Yeah. And just a few facts, but all those facts are like too much, but it really, you don't apply it to life. Mm-mm. and it's not our history as far as you know us as colored individuals mm-hmm. uh it's somebody else's history so i say really to your own history and start to learn that that's a big step yeah that's a big thing i, I don't know what the uh curriculum is in like in georgia but california it's, it's very it's very impractical you know i don't remember a lot of stuff too from high school or and some of that a higher level but i think that's it's a disservice to the kids because now you're teaching them a bunch of shit that they don't want to know. They have no need for. Not everyone, obviously, like there's a people who will go on to be math majors in college. So like, okay, cool, you can do math. But I think high school should um, try and develop more of like a college model to where you pick something more of what you like. And there's, there's more electives. You don't yeah. have to take necessarily some classes if you don't find yourself strong because then kids just like end up hating school and hating learning. And, and that's... Like you said, yeah. that's kind of bad. You shouldn't hate learning. And they frowned upon. They're frowned upon when it comes to that, to not learning the basic every day. Like it's really school is really set up for you to get a job, bro. It's the yeah. same and stuff like that. Instead of tapping into your creativity and then you coming up with your own reality and stuff like that. So yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. It like teaches you, you know. I always say like school kind of prefers people to be like factory workers or just like kind of like, you know, nine to five kind of like take orders. Don't really, I even think like now, I don't know how old you are, but I'm like 26 and like they taught math differently to the point where, and it's kind of funny because people will talk about it in memes and everything, but just, just hearing how these kids talk about math, it's a different process. And then I'll like help them out because I tutor sometimes and you know, I'm just like, oh, like try this method. And they're like, oh no, like our teacher will fail us if we use any other method. I'm like, it shouldn't matter the method. Uh, you like, if you, as long as you get the right answer, it shouldn't matter how you get there, you know? That, that That's what I live by. I'm like, cause, cause I was raised up. My pops, he only had one way to do things, right? Mm. I had this analogy. I'm like, bro, like one plus three equals four, but also two plus two equals four too. I got a okay. different way to do it but it's still going to have the same result. So you, you really say something for sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. So before we wrap things up, I do like to ask these fun introspective questions to kind of help the audience to get to know you a little bit more. Okay. So if you could talk to any people dead or alive, let's give you four. Who would you want to talk to the most? Uh, Dr. Sibby, 
want to talk to him personally, get him to get to know what he was really tapped into. Uh, of course, Erica Badu, because she's such a big inspiration in my life. Um, uh, I want to talk to top, you know, the head of TDE, mm. get where his head is at, uh, get him to offer me a deal. <laughs> <laughs> Probably like one of my great ancestors mm. for sure. Just to see what they went through and just our lineage for sure. So mm. yeah, those are my yeah. four. Yeah, there's a big disconnect right that. Um it's for people of color in general. Um and I always see those commercials like Ancestry or something like that. And I think that'd be cool, but I, I just feel like even if I wanted to apply for something like that, uh, you know, my parents are from Mexico, so I don't know if they have records to go back there you know yeah like, i always thought about how how would they do that if they don't that's kind of weird to me to be honest yeah exactly so it's i don't know it's i think it's more for like the european descent people kind of yeah they got it <laughs> uh, they got it all written out bro exactly sure. so that's how it'd be sometimes um next question if you have any toppings on a pizza what would they be um definitely no cheese lactose free don't uh-huh. eat no He's definitely some psychedelic mushrooms on top. Hey. Uh, probably some um, edible, a little bit of edible in there. However, they can get it in there. Uh, that's probably it. Tomato sauce for sure. Um, you know, regular crust. You know. Okay. Simple. I like it. Hell yeah. All right. If you were stranded on an island, but you had food and water provided, what are three things you'd like to bring to pass the time? Am I still connected? It yeah, kinda, you're good. yeah, you're good. I, um, definitely a girl for sure. <laughs> Need that. Um, it's sad to see my phone because I, I write a lot of my phone. I got a lot of instrumentals in there, and definitely the last thing is a studio setup. Okay, so I'll I'll be cool. Yeah. Right on, right on. What area of your life would you really want to see yourself grow? Not just for this year, but in the foreseeable future. Um. Probably communication, me being able to communicate more with the people in my lives because I kind of get caught up in my own thing a lot. It's not a bad thing, but also like you also want to see what other people got going on, especially like your family. So definitely communication. Right on. If you could be reincarnated to any animal, what would it be? Mm, that's a good question. Um, probably, Probably a bird. Just so I could see everything and just take off whenever I wanted to. Kind of a yeah. random note, but I went um I went hiking the other day in the area around here. And yeah. uh there was like a, a squirrel. We could see it chilling on like the side of the trail, and like all of a sudden it ran across in front of us, and I was like wondering why. And this big ass hawk just like it just missed, but like we almost saw like Mother Nature like take this squirrel up into the air. I was like, whoa, like <laughs> We were like, you know what I mean? Like, it was like, it's closest to me in this poster. You know what I mean? Like, it was like that close. I was like, oh, we're, me and my friend uh, were like, oh, shit. Like, damn, like that squirrel like, like had the, you know, the speed to get out of there. That's crazy, bro. Hell yeah. yeah. All right. So last question. If you could give any advice to your younger self, what would it be? Um, You're on the right, you're on the right path for whatever you're doing, bro. Like, I was kind of worried a lot. When I was younger, like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I want to be. And I'm still kind of in that boat, but I kind of took hold of it and I'm running with it. It's okay to not know what you want to do. As long as you have passion for something, it got to be something. So I was younger self, you're doing it right. Just keep going. Hell yeah. yeah. And going back to COVID, I, I learned, I listened to a lot of Gary Vee and how he talks. And I feel like he talks about that a lot too, is like, you know, he he's like this millionaire now and he's a good investor and stuff and he has a lot of good advice but he didn't really figure it out till like he was like 36 37 so he's always you know i think he's in his 50s now but he's always talking to like a 20 year old audience just like you know like man you guys got so much life to live like don't even trip about not figuring it out right away but there's a lot of you know pressures in society sometimes too because things are different than from how our parents grew up and everything so you know there's, yeah. a, there's some pros and cons to it but you know like like you said just take your time Hell yeah. Right on. Well, before you go, go ahead and tell the people where they can find your music, visuals, anything else you'd like to promote too. 
Okay. You can find me on all streaming platforms at Juno Glock, J-U-N-O-G-L-O-C, as well as my socials. It's the same thing. You can find me there. And yep, that's about it for sure. All right, awesome. Well, really appreciate your time and I uh, hope to have you on in person one day. Hey, thanks for having me, bro. Appreciate the love too. Boom, that's going to wrap it up for another episode of the My Mike and I podcast. Yes, I am Noah Alvarez. Thank you guys for listening again. And if you really fucked with the show, be sure to follow, be sure to subscribe, be sure to like the podcast homepage, whether it's SoundCloud, Google Play, Apple, or on Spotify. We're on all the platforms, baby. So be sure to like, subscribe, and follow the podcast. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I ask that you spend, shoot, maybe maybe 30 seconds. You could probably do one in 30 seconds. Just leave a little rating and review. You know, and it could be episode specific, or if you like the podcast and different episodes as a whole, just feel to make a general review. But it really helps new listeners kind of get a gauge on what the show is all about. So I greatly appreciate that, guys. Rating and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Also, really want to shout out again to 100 Radio and Jamal Bostic for having us on his platform. You check out their website at tru100radio.com for all your podcasting needs. Like you're doing Find Miha, like The Morning Routine, like Front Row Seat, like A Sip of Crime, all these great podcasts for you guys at tru100radio.com. Once again, shout out to Juno Glock for being a guest on this week's episode. Be sure to check out his work. Just search up Juno Glock. You can find him on Instagram and Twitter too. But, you know, search up Juno Glock, spelled J-U-N-O-G-L-O-C. It's actually in the title, so I don't know how to spell it out. But you get the idea. Apple Music, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, all that groovy stuff. Sounds good. And last but not least, be sure to follow my Mike and I Instagram page at my period, Mike and period, I. Add one more time, at my period, Mike and period, I. Now you can also follow me on Twitter at my personal account at underscore Noah Alvarez. Great way to interact with me. Those are the two best platforms if you want to be on the show, have some feedback for the show, and those are the two best platforms if you want to reach out to me personally. I get back relatively quick. And man, I guess before we sign off, of course, I got to say, make sure you guys continue to chase your dreams, not checks, battle whatever obstacle that you may be facing right now in your current life. And man, never stop seeking knowledge. Continue to grow, whether it's growing in a relationship, growing in personal development, growing in growing in everything, growing in life. You know, I think school sometimes we talk about it in the last few episodes. School doesn't do the best job of teaching you about yourself. They teach you about a lot of outside sources and how to be good at this, that, and the other, how to take directions and orders, but you know, I guess as you get older, and I'm, you know, 26 recording this, you know, tap in with yourself, learn more about yourself, and we are very powerful human, not even say human beings, we're very powerful creatures as human beings, and just, you know, never stop believing in what you're capable of, don't sell yourself short, if that makes sense, alright, so, yeah, I think that's gonna wrap it up for episode 150, thank you again for listening, I am Noah Alvarez, the host of the My Mike and I podcast, and I'm signing off. Till next time.